know, execute. There, there yeah. was an MRT myth about certain line stations are a bit further apart because there was a plan for Disneyland to Yo come Chukang in. and Katip. So myths can become realities. How about that? Wait, what? Uh. What's the problem with our public transport? This is your daily catch-up. Boom. This episode is sponsored by the Ministry of Transport. So we've all heard complaints about MRT breakdowns, delays and crowds over the years. So today, well, we've asked that. the Minister of Transport to <laughs> catch us outside, <laughs> which is inside our studio. And we are going to confront nope. him about the state Very of Singapore's stakes. public transport, as well as find out what the future holds for all of us. So welcome, Minister S. Iswaran, to the show. Yay. And thank you very much welcome, for being welcome, here. Welcome. Thanks. Happy to be here. Be gentle, be kind. That's all. All right, let's go. I will go. be more kind than my email. <laughs> so, um, I've heard lah. Mm. That when time. you get posted to the Ministry of Transport, or, mm. or perhaps you asked to go there, right? It's almost like um, you are ready to be a target bot for the rest of Singapore. Mm. Or some would say it's where ministers go to die, oh. <laughs> So you mean the? Would you agree? M- the, you're saying the T in MOT is terminal, is it? Yeah. Oh. So, or like or T, yeah, the- <laughs> No, I think uh, you can also think of it as the T is transformation. I don't think. Wow. I mean, in wow. the end, well, you know, Chim. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think you got to go on the basis that basically it's a tough ministry because it hits, you know, it touches yeah. a lot of lives. It hits us all in different ways. So everything you do has an impact. But I think if you're able to explain it correctly, well, and do our best, I think people like can really understand. Were, when you were first appointed though, yeah. was it like a... <laughs> that was when I was first asked then I said hmm interesting <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was my reaction <laughs> but but you know in general all the things I've done in, in government have been quite interesting la. and so my I first see, reaction was always hmm never oh, thought of true. that <laughs> MTI stuff so so minister for yourself right you've actually worked in many different ministries so currently is transport and MCI mm. and also MTI and previously PMO home affairs education, education yeah you're, yeah. you're so, reminding me of all my past sins yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> carry on yeah so, carry on if it's possible to pinpoint, right, what would you say has been the most memorable moment in your career so far? Yeah, I think it's very hard to say one memorable moment, uh, frankly. Okay, because, you know, there's, there's so many things <laughs> and sometimes things are in the public eye. Sometimes mm. things are in, in private. Some things are big, some things are small. I'll give you an example. I mean, um, one of the projects I was involved in, uh, major moves very early in my career when I came into government, was uh, bringing the Formula One to Singapore. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, I was in MTI. This was in 2006 when I came in and we worked on it. And it was a big thing because to bring the race to Singapore, to run it in our city centre, all the... It's like a hear me out moment. (laughs) Exactly. It was a hear me out moment. Why why do you want to do this? Why do you want to shut the roads and do this? You know, what is the benefit to Singapore? Now, when people look at it, it seems like so obvious, right? I mean, yeah. the you know, people. I mean, of course, there's still some people who are not happy about it, but by and large, people see the benefits and put Singapore on the global map. Mm. So that's one sort of thing. But we also do things behind the scenes or things that are less obvious to people. So, for example, uh, you know, we negotiate free trade agreements with other countries. Mm. I mean, what is that, right? But actually, it allows the. So I we just did one with the Europeans, uh, European Singapore Free Trade Agreement, EU Singapore, and those sorts of things make it easier for our businesses to work across borders, mm. and it creates new opportunities and work and things like that. So there's a bunch of stuff like that. But I would tell you, 
for me, the most memorable moments, uh, quite frankly, is really when it, it's at the personal level. Uh, when mm. you're able to make a difference or help people in a personal level. The things when I immediately recall, I remember faces of people. Right. And, and how in some small way we've been able to help them. Has there been a very trying time or, or something so challenging that Difficult. you feel like you wanted to maybe like step away from politics? Not so much, no, not so much uh, step away, but uh, there are always times when you're dealing with very difficult things and that's when it really tests your your commitment and, you know, because you got to stay the, the path and get things sorted out. So for me, one of those very challenging periods was in 2012, if I remember correctly, I was in the Ministry of Home Affairs and we had the riots in Little India. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we had to do some very tough things to try and bring things under control. Not just in Little India, but we had to introduce all kinds of laws on alcohol consumption and so on and things. It was a very difficult period because uh, we knew we had to do these things, but we also knew that it would have a quite a big impact on the ground and you know, yeah. on the lives of people. But... And so when you're going through something like that, uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, you basically have to ask yourself the question, you know, after you've had a very rough day at work, uh, and it's true for all of us, you go home, you sleep, the next morning, how do you pick yourself up and go back to work again? What motivates you? Mm, mm. That's the key thing. So I, I wouldn't say that it, I ever had a stage when I thought, oh, you know, chuck it all in kind of thing. That was not quite it. But there are very challenging moments and that's when you have to really draw from inner strength and from your family and so on because you know it's quite tough yeah. getting things done there mm. we've had other challenging times like when i went to mci within the first few months there was the cyber attack on sing health right I don't know I remember that. about 1.3 million accounts were you know they extricated the data and so on so the the responsibility for the data was within ministry of health but mci and in my role we were involved in the cyber security side so that was also a very challenging period because we have mm. to find ways to... So, you know, on the one hand, we're telling everyone, let's go digital, everything is going very convenient, etc. But then if something like this happens, it shakes the confidence. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to bring confidence back and say, look, but actually we can manage it and so on and this is how we're doing it. So that was again, uh, you know, it took a, a period of time but you work your way through it. But the most important thing, I think, with all of this is you must be very clear what it is you're trying to do and how it serves the national interest and the public, the you know, the interests of Singapore. I think once you're clear about that, then you work on it and do your best to explain. Mm. So something that I found while researching for this episode, right, was that we have a public transport council that actually does an annual survey to find out how people feel or think about the public transport in Singapore. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised because I thought people would be quite angry. But then this year, right, the perception actually improved. People are a little bit happier although they feel like reliability has slipped a bit. Mm. So if I can run through some of the stats, right? 92.7% mm. was satisfied with a minimum, with a mean, which is average, score of 7.8 out of 10. Mm. So that's like the A. Mm. By so it is the over, overview one. Ah. Yeah, yeah, overall. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, so that's a slight increase as compared to 2021. And satisfaction with waiting time actually improved the most, followed by customer service. But reliability, however, slipped by 0.5 percentage points. Mm. So people were actually more unhappy with bus service reliability as compared to MRT service reliability. Do you have any thoughts on that? 
Well, there's a lot of data, I, I, you know, but anyway. <laughs> no, I think overall, you know, it's uh, good that, you know, more than nine out of 10 people are satisfied in general. That's always a good sign. Um, and I think our chaps are trying very hard. Lah. Everybody down the line, whether it's train bus, you know, we try very hard. Yeah, But, but it's inevitable. How do we measure like reliability of like a service? Say for example, train maybe it's easier because it's by breakdown. But I don't really hear much about like buses breaking down. No, so down. there's also for buses as well. So trains is, you know, they have all these things like, you know, breakdown is say and, and you know, mean kilometers before failure. Meaning how much before you, right. you have breakdown. But uh, buses, you know, it's timeliness. I mean, you wait in the bus stop, you know, does it come as predicted or plus or minus, how many minutes? So we track all these things. So it's quite useful and the feedback is very helpful as well because we get feedback all the time. My what? inbox is always full of feedback. <laughs> I, would, I, would, <laughs> I would think so. Of course. So like, for example, if, if buses just get late, is there someone that, that, that the bus is, is alarmed up. and then the bus service gets a call? And be like, oh, yeah. This so, morning bus service was late, ah. So we have this uh, super intelligent person sitting in an office court. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They, have, they have bus operating. Every bus company has an op center, and they track. So these days, the technology is such you can tell. So the people who are in the operation center actually will know, and then they're able to tell the bus driver, you know, the captains and so on. Hey, you know, you need to catch up, you need to do this. So they try their best. But some things cannot, you know, cannot be helped like, because yeah. there's a traffic jam, there's an accident, then, you know, these things become yeah, a people problem. People don't want to give way. <laughs> so, meanwhile, a similar poll was done for people with disabilities covering a smaller sample size of people, but they also became more satisfied with public transport. Mm. So I think it's been quite interesting as we see like the infrastructure kind of change. Like, mm. uh, one of the main ones that we witnessed is the bus having the ramp for the wheelchair to go mm. up and all that. Mm, yeah. And then a lot of our transport has also upgraded. So yeah. buses now have charging ports. Yes. They move the doors and the staircase. Buses now have charging ports? Yeah. When for the your phone? You took a bus? Yeah, for your phone. <gasps> when you did not take a bus? Ah, you see, now we know. Sometime back. Sometime back. <laughs> bus also got are. three doors now, you know. Uh, <laughs> are you serious? There's the bus driver's door. Ah. <laughs> Four doors. Maybe, okay, like John has mentioned, he has not taken a bus for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. But perhaps, like, what are some of your impressions of like public transport? My impressions? Oh, your impression too? Where was oh, the last oh, time you took a train? Jo you the say? other John first. Uh, I also take bus. Uh, let me think. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, okay. I think the most recent time that I've taken a bus is... I've noticed that the, the digital signage has changed. Mm. But the design is not fantastic. It's a bit confusing. Mm. Why so, is I don't why? know why it become a feedback <laughs> session. <laughs> it became a feedback session, but okay, yeah, please. it's a bit confusing. Yes, why the is it order, confusing? Like the, the order and the layout of the of the interface. Ah. So when you click like when you click you, when you, uh, click, how do you, <laughs> you when you try to get the bus to stop, right? So mm. you press. It doesn't indicate clearly like what is the next the order bit, of the, the, the bus stops is a bit confusing. Yeah, the, the bus stops and then whether so it's stopping or not. Yeah. yeah, that's useful feedback. I think we can ask them to look at it. Which is it which, useful which, though, the feedback? It's like very confusing also, the feedback. Yeah. La. Anyway, no, I think we understand. We we just have to make it more you know easy for people to understand. But your point about, I think overall, you know, we, you know our society is getting older. You know, we want to make everything, you know, our public transport has to be more inclusive. La. So different yeah. types of needs. So buses, you know, the access, MRT also like, trains and uh, you know when you're looking at it in terms of lifts provision and all yep. those things we're basically trying to make it as inclusive as we can so that everyone you know whatever their background can take part because we want to promote public transport yeah uh, as a way to go i always like buses more than trains because the probability of getting a c is higher really 
Yeah. Okay. It's Depends true. on the time of the day. Yeah, it's true. Do, when when was the last time you took a bus? Oh, mine is a job hazard because I take because it's you know I do yeah. this. So I I actually in my constituency area I often hop on a bus just to have a look. Check check. Bila. Yeah, check check. The bus drivers recognize you or not? Yeah. Uh, well. Sweat there. So no, he's undercover. <laughs> <that's laughs> you that guy like. He's <laughs> <laughs> undercover boss. He need to wear the disguise. That bus will definitely get delayed, right? <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, they're they're all pretty cool. They know what to do and so on. But I sometimes do it, just like mystery shopper type thing, lah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. go around telling people about it because but there's you, no need to. No, no. But we sometimes we do it just to get a sense of it, lah. And it's useful mm-hmm. when you do yeah. this kind of things. You know, it's just like all the other things we do. You know, you just have to. If you have a first-hand experience, it gives you a much better feel of what it's of like. Of course, of course. So Singapore has also been ranked like. One of the best public transport systems in the world. If I'm not wrong, it's fourth. Mm. So Hong Kong is number one, and then. But the question ah. is, why are people still so dissatisfied with public transport? What are some of maybe like the main complaints that you mm. hear about? Mm. So do you all agree or not that we are amongst the best transport? Public agree. Transport? What's your personal experience? Even though you haven't yes. taken a bus. No, no, no. no. It's, okay. it's not. It's not that long. Maybe two years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, what what do you think? I mean, do you do you think that ranking is deserved? I you do know? agree. I think like yeah. maybe at least before that big like train breakdowns, yeah. a series yeah. that we had a few like quite a few years that back. That was some time back. Like yeah. before that, I think like no issue. Like people didn't really like complain about it or so. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. No, I think basically we have a good system, and but you know like any system, and ours is growing, right? Because you know yeah. in the next ten years, we will add another hundred kilometers of MRT lines. So just to give you an idea, uh, uh, now you. you're you're doing a double take, right? So yeah, I'm just yeah, trying yeah. to share with you. <laughs> we have 250 kilometers of MRT lines today. Oh. We're going to add another hundred kilometers in the next ten years. So you imagine yeah. the amount of work that's going into the system. Uh-huh. And whilst you're building the new lines, you also have to maintain the existing lines. And some of our lines are three, four decades old. Right. So it's a very challenging thing because you've got brand new systems, you've got older systems, right. and you're trying. So it's inevitable that sometimes there may be a few issues on the ground, and even for new lines, you know, because I know you could probably get feedback about Tel, for example, Thompson East Coast Line, right? Mm. But it's the same thing because when even when you have a new one, what people don't realize there's so many elements there, you know. You got the signaling system, the software, the integration. I mean, I don't want to bore you with all the details, but so it's very possible. That you know that something sometimes you may have a bit of a glitch here and there, and you got to fix it. I mean, your iPhone or your handphone, yeah. right? If it doesn't work, you just reboot. Yeah, and it's simple, right? Switch off, switch on, or whatever. But train system, you can't just switch off, switch on because you're still operating it yeah. all the time. So since we are kind of on the note of like develop building these new lines, right? Can you share a bit about like what goes into say designing a whole new MRT line? Where do you choose to put the stations? You know, then yeah. and what's the process of like? Gathering feedback for that. So you you know there are many levels to it lah. The big picture one is first where the population centers, where the needs. You got to work out the broad concept first, right? But basically, what we are doing is you know you're building right across, right? And so we just started the process, and it's you start by saying okay, I need this because it boosts the connectivity. Then you got to work out the details. The one of the details is tunneling. So the cross island line will go under our central catchment. So it'll be a very deep. Train, you know, right, the tunnel. Right, right. Is it under the water? Yeah. So under the catchment, the reservoir, everything has to go underneath. So it's quite a deep uh, t- uh, thing because you want to provide buffer and everything, right? And then it intersects with a lot of. In fact, it intersects with all the other lines that we've got. 
so all those intersection points so sometimes the train lines are like one on top of the other like that sometimes yeah. oh. they are like, wow so there's a lot of complexity and then of course then where to put the stations will come about now so quite a few things which is why people when they ask the question hey you know uh, train line how come take so long it's because of this sort of challenge you really have to plan well and our engineers do a remarkable job i must say because some of the thing and as we build more and more lines it gets more and more complicated more lines to you know intersections yeah. roads la this la that la so it's quite challenging do we not build above ground mrt stations anymore we do some there are above ground but uh, increasingly we have to go underground because the surface is taken up for a lot of other activities you see right. and frankly if you can it's more expensive to go underground obviously but if you can do it uh underground then you free up the surface space you know mm. it just makes it more livability wise is a lot better right? it's yeah. also unlimited how how deep we can go how low can you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure about that i mean i think there's an engineering <laughs> there's a <laughs> magma <laughs> there's an engineering uh limits as well because it depends on soil conditions etc and so on and really you don't want to have to go too deep either because it just makes the whole system more difficult to maintain yeah. and cost yeah. and all yeah. that so you mentioned like there's like 100 kilometers more coming where the hell are we going isn't every place covered already Uh, what you talking wait, about? You forgot about the red line. Yeah. The so 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 we will have so give you an idea, right? Just the three three quick ones, huh? First is uh what okay, do you wait, call sorry, it? Okay, sorry, Singapore is like yeah. Singapore like a, <laughs> Singapore is like a diamond, right? Yes, correct. So diamond like that, okay? Cross island line is going from the north northeast all the way down to the south southwest, okay? Right through to Jurong right. Jurong area. Okay. Then we are doing what we call the Jurong Region Line, which will go all the way into the the Tuas part and so on and things like that. Then Thompson East Coast Line is coming from Woodlands on the top of the Diamond and coming down. And right now you can already take the Thompson East Coast Line all the way to Gardens by the Bay. Right, right, right. And it will go carry on eastwards and go all oh. the way towards Changi. You sound like you don't need a GPS. Uh, I, well, <laughs> no, I do. I do. I promise you. <laughs> okay, let's challenge you. Can say more MRT stations. <laughs> Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Oh, there's another one. Okay, okay. This one I don't know whether it's 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 something, but I've mm. talked to my friends about this before. Right? It's the circle line, right? Is it yellow or orange? red light red light because <laughs> share transport get it okay anyway like share and subscribe and okay green light green light back to the episode <laughs> question no really really because from the beginning right everybody was saying is the yellow line is the yellow line is the yellow mm, line mm. then when you google it It's actually the official color is orange. Nobody But calls it that. Everyone calls it circle line. Exactly. Don't go and call. Really? Just a circle line. We're running out of all the <laughs> easily identified <laughs> colors already. There's no more already. Unless we, we go black. black. Like yeah, we got black and white. Haven't do yet. White. White. How to, to see? see? Yeah. <laughs> we have to change the color scheme. Ah. <laughs> the background. Put outline. Put outline. <laughs> the red stroke. The red yeah, stroke line. <laughs> I mean, like the. I noticed how important the. The projected planning of all like transport mm, and whatnot mm. is right because I was recently in Taiwan mm. and then uh, as I was walking around along the roads right we see these very futuristic looking like um, bus stations of sorts mm. but then they had gantries that weren't complete and mm. they weren't the usual bus stations mm. so then like further down the 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 trip right I was able to talk to some of the locals and they were explaining how. Initially, Taiwan had the plans to create this whole MRT like extension system, yeah. and then they started building it. But as they build, 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 build halfway through, right, it they it just couldn't they, they couldn't follow through with it. Mm-hmm. So then they had to 
reconfigure and turn yeah. it to another bus stop or something yeah. like that. So is, you need the long-term planning and it's got to be very clear yeah. what you want to do. Because the moment you start, you it's very hard to unwind, you know. Mm. So, I mean, you imagine cross-island line, as I told you, tunneling, right? Mm. I mean, you start tunneling, then suddenly you say, maybe not. Mm. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. So, you have to basically be very clear. This is the plan. This is why we're doing it. Do all the yeah. analysis up front so you can make sure that the decision you make is a well-informed one. Okay, but so one of the comments that we found on like a Reddit is that is regarding the Thompson East Coast line which you mentioned which says new section of line broke down so soon. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, 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 mean I, I must say that you know we all, it's unfortunate these things happen as I said because uh, they call them you know teething problems sometimes even after you know they test it for months, you know, before we actually open. Yeah. So you all know, right? Even before we start operating the line to, you know, what they call fair services uh, to begin where people actually pay. Right. Over, you know, we actually operated for several months just to run through, work out any problems. So operator as in normal commuters can board the train? No, no, no. Oh, they, oh, okay. no this is just the technical runs, just right. to right. see, because you're trying to get the signaling system engine all that sorted out. And then they will do the, you know, the opening to the public where you can ride for free for right. a weekend and things like that mm. and so on. So all those things happen as part of the overall planning. But despite our the best efforts, uh, sometimes these things happen. So it's very unfortunate and I hope people can bear with us because normally what they say is they call it the buffed up, you know. When you have problems with the, uh, with the system, right, it either happens at the very early stage when they're teething problems or things, right. or when it gets very old. Right. In between, actually, it's all right. Right, right, right. So, so the, that's why normally when we, we <laughs> try and minimize the upfront problem, but can't be helped by sometimes. Mm. It's like that. So I just hope, you know, commuters can understand and bear with us. But having said that, the guys, they try and work very hard to recover, uh, whether it is, you know, bus bridging service and then quick turnaround, you know, whether it's a stalled, thing or something like that. So right. generally, there's a good system in place for recovery. Do you get a phone call whenever a train breaks down? Does it escalate to you? It can't be like, right? No, I get, as I said, I, I have an inbox. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I get emails, very useful feedback sometimes. Sometimes, of course, people are a bit frustrated and I can understand that. But generally, uh, it's very useful feedback, constructive ideas. So normally what happens is we have a team that mm. looks through the feedback and then I normally ask to see the how we are responding to it because I want to make sure that we are doing this, you know, in a way where we take we take all the feedback seriously. Right. Of course, where you know it's something that you can't help because of you know problems or challenges beyond our control, we have to just say so. Right. Okay, let's go into some of the comments since we're on that note. Mm -hmm. There's on the bright side, uh, hi Shanda. Shanda on Reddit says, <laughs> honestly, I feel like a lot of Singaporeans don't realize how good our public transport system is since they don't really get the chance to experience what the day-to-day -day is like in other countries. Mm. And she kind of confessed us to uh, the public transport system in the UK, mm. which is not as mm. good as ours. I thought this is a complaint session. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. No, I think we should recruit Shanda. If I <laughs> and then we can get her to help us. No, I mean, uh, you know, comparing with other countries and cities is okay. But, you know, actually at the end of the day, we just have to make sure that we are doing the best we can. So, I mean, we do compare with other uh, cities because it's yeah. a useful metric. Yeah. But the circumstances, conditions vary, you see. I mean, your system may be a lot older, a lot younger, very different kind of model and so on. So, all kinds of considerations. 
But on the whole, I think we've, you know, our teams, you know, LTA and the public transport guys, they've done a reasonably good job. Mm. But there's always room for improvement, which is what we're always chasing. What are some of the stuff that we are maybe in the near future are improvements that we can see? So I think one of the things would be what I call FL, you know, LM, you know, which is basically, f- sorry, FMLM. First mile, last mile, my God. Okay, anyway. Okay, okay, but I mean, basically, anyway. basically the, the point being that we need to not just do the, you know, I told you 100 kilometers and so on, but how do you get to the bus stop? How do you go from the, or the train right. station? And from the train station, how do you go to your destination? Oh, okay. okay. Right? Yeah. So those sorts of things are areas that we are quite uh, focused on as well because the first mile, last mile connectivity makes a big difference mm. in terms of uh, the overall experience. Mm. So, you know, I mean, it's, as you say, like, weather, what, mm. right? But, you know, is it a covered linkway? Is it a good path for that right. seniors or people who need to use, say, you know, wheelchairs or other things they can, you know, do so, navigate without any impediments and so on. So barrier-free type thing. So we are looking at all of this now as an important part of right. extending the system and making it more inclusive. All so, of these falls mm. under MOT. Yeah. You were surprised? Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised because it's like the road outside. Ma. I thought it's only how the things operate that falls on the MOT. Yeah, it is very, very tricky, okay? <laughs> the, road is, the road is LTA. Then the grass next to the one may not be LTA. It could oh, be yeah, somebody else. About that. <laughs> After that, the path could be LTA or could yeah. be somebody And so on. There are a lot of, uh, because, you know, partly there's so a. Just push the rubbish. No, 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 no. No, but there's a method to the madness because you need to assign responsibility because the maintenance and the care and all that yeah. falls, right? And you want to be very clear. But having said that, uh, so LTA does do a lot of these these uh, footpaths and connectivity. Of course, if it's in your like your rail corridor and all that, then uh, NPARCS does yeah. those things. Uh. So it just depends. But in the end, the most important thing is whole of government, work together, just make it seamless, uh as much as possible for the citizen. Does it mean that like the grand plan uh, when most of the things are done, right? Mm. That we can expect to be one mile away to the MRT from anywhere in Singapore? Mm. Reasonably? No, I think basically we want to make it such that you can get to your uh, MRT station, you know, in a, say about 10 to 15 minute walk at the most kind of thing or two. Okay you know, trying to do that. Or is I it- can quote Minister's um, speech from 18 January. Thank you. When completed, 8 in 10 households will live within a 10 minute walk. Yeah, 8 in 10 households. Yeah. So right. there will be households that are outside that. Yeah. And and as I said, it also depends on your comfort level how you walk and things like that. But How fast, <laughs> how fast you walk. <laughs> no, no, I mean, but it's a real issue, right? Because yeah. uh, if say you're a older person sometimes you may not be able to walk as fast yeah. you may need assistance yeah. and things like that and a young person may be able to just run down and it's a lot faster so I mean you have to take those things into account but that's an average yep. and so on but you know 8 in 10 and I think by the time we roll out all the MRT lines I think that number should improve you know further it, will it be 100% I, I think very hard mm. but I think we can get to a very high proportion of households mm. within that kind of range and so on it can make a big difference in terms of accessibility. Right. Beyond the public transport system, right? what are some other things that MOT does that the public is not uh, aware ah, of? So, you see, air, air transport. So, a big part of our work has been about recovery from COVID for Changi Airport and restoring right. the flights and connectivity. So, MOT covers both land, sea and air. 
Right, right, right. right. So, for example, all the things to do with Changi Airport, flights, and all through COVID, for example, and coming out of it now, and, you know, now finally we're at about 80 over percent of what we used to be. But one year ago, it was, you know, not even half that, you know, Mm. it was a very challenging time. Mm. And similarly, the other area we work on is uh, maritime sea, so your port. Tuas port. The moving PSA. of the mega port that's under that's MOT under MOT as well. Oh wow. Yeah. wow so one. there's quite a lot of things going on, is So it's not I mean, of course we all know about land transport because that's the most obvious thing. Yeah. Uh I think for many people they also, you know, we travel or what to yeah. interact. But you know, there's a whole bunch of things going on that people don't see or don't really fully uh, see because it's not in the public eye so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. So one of these, uh, like one of the innovations that I read about, right, is electrifying harbour craft. So we want to make like EV boats also. Essentially, all of us know the importance of sustainability. It's a key thing. So one way of doing it, it's not the only way, but one way is electrification. So cars, that's why we are pushing on electric vehicles. But electric vehicle, people buy a car in Singapore, say if you buy an EV, uh, then they have this thing called range anxiety. Yes. You know why? Because yeah. you buy, you charge. Huh? Uh, it gives you maybe three to 400 kilometers. So they worry, uh, what if I run out? I mean, in a place like Singapore, three, 400 kilometers gets you to a lot of places. Mm. You don't need to charge so often. Yeah. But people still have that background concern. So that's why we are now building uh, charging points in every HDB car park. And over the next three years, every HDB car park will have right. at least three charging points, but probably more. So that helps as well. But the electrification in general is one way for us to be more sustainable, lower the carbon footprint. Because if compared to, say, uh, driving an ICE car, internal combustion engine car, if you drive a... <laughs> for one moment, I was thinking of something completely different. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> compared to an ICE car, if you drive an electric car, mm. your carbon footprint is half. Right. So, just to give you an idea, you drive the normal petrol car, you t- you drive a EV, half. Mm. You take a train and that kind of thing, it drops to 10%. Ooh. Right. Your footprint is down to 10%. And then, of course, if you walk or cycle, then it's almost zero, la, except for the CO2 you exhale. Yeah. But basically... That gives you an idea. So all of us can make choices, you see. It doesn't mean driving a car is a bad thing. Yeah. But you can decide, you see, every journey you make. Yeah. Do I take a car? Or is it better to take the MRT here? Can I Or can I walk, cycle? You know, all kinds of options there. Mm. I mean, it, it's great, I feel, that the government's trying to um, sustainability and stuff, right? Mm. But right now, I think there's also a crossroad in terms of technologies mm. um, for EVs and hydrogen vehicles. Yeah. What happens if after spending a lot of money, we mm. make it within one kilometer range there's just electrical charging point for every vehicle already yeah and then hydrogen car oh. hydrogen technology takes you over you should come into uh, you know you want to come to MOT and help us <laughs> with planning <laughs> <laughs> no what happens then you know what I mean Your next we lost career. so much money no 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 so it's very good point no because every decision that we make or this sort of thing you got to be clear if you so what we try to do we're not trying to bet on the technology what we want is to make sure that the outcome what is the outcome you want uh, basically cleaner energy vehicles. Mm. It can be EVs, it can be hybrid, it can be hydrogen, mm. doesn't matter. So we must make it such that our system allows all of that to happen. So when we do the EV charging, mm. we are quite clear that electric vehicles will be part of the mix, you see, in the right. future. Then what we do is we size the EV charging, right? So the first wave of these chargers that we are deploying 
it's almost like a minimal amount right. and we don't need to spend a lot of money upgrading the the and the power infrastructure like the substations right. and all that right. so we just try and keep it at that level then we know okay what's a pattern like then you can decide on the next week right. so it's like that and hydrogen Actually, at the moment, it hasn't quite taken off yet. But if yeah. it does, then we have it's to... getting momentum. Though there was one that was pretty fast, I think, in Australia or something like that. Yeah lah. Yeah. But you know, so do you, you drive, right? Mm. You drive for not, not EV lah. <laughs> but it's affordability <laughs> issue. Is it? Oh. No, is it? Do you drive a hybrid? No. <laughs> no. What's worse, I drive a CEO car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, is Singapore trying to move to become more car-like? Because recently there was news about you know the orchard is converting and then in future mm, Tengah, mm, I mean at least the ground level is also going to be mm, car-free, right? Mm. So not so much car-free, la, but yeah, car-like car uh, generally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think we want to go in that direction. There was an interesting article just in today's papers about how a young, the younger generation actually are not as uh, enamored of owning a car as in the past because... Actually, if you think about it, right, you got public transport at one end, owning your own car at the other end. Mm. In between, you got all kinds of other solutions, like say, point to point, like your your Grab or yeah, whatever yeah. taxis and so on. You also have now, and we're trying to promote this more car sharing. Yeah. So you can say, you know, whether it's your Blue SG type of thing or some of the other ones, Get Go and all that, mm. and all different models. So what happens is increasingly you have choice, you see, and that's the main thing. The more choice we can give you. Then you can decide. And right. younger generation in particular, I think because it's a new reality and more comfortable with all the apps and the interfaces and so on, uh, I think tend to adapt to this faster. But even uh, you know, and older groups are responding to this and starting to recalculate. Lah. Minimally switching to EV or hybrid type. But in some cases, even re-evaluating, do I really need a car? Or can I do other mm. things and so on? Yeah. So, so I think it's good because it makes people... The most important thing is, right... It's you, you're consciously making a decision. It's a choice you're making, and you understand the the implications of your choice, mm. and not something that you just do by default. Because you know, last time we used to say five C's. I don't mm. know whether you all even remember this. Yeah, yeah. And one of them was a car. You know. Yeah. Mm. Nowadays we don't really talk about all this anymore, and that's good because you don't really want all these things to become uh, default status symbols. Actually, they're modes of conveyance uh, and yeah. we should look at it from that angle first and foremost it's interesting that it's not just a matter of improving public transport but more of giving people options such that you dilute the amount of options mm. such that cars if you take you know if, if it's like take public transport or take car and now that's right now you got things. all those other so less things. chance of you choosing that's right. car and if you if you start working out you know what does it cost me if I buy a car and own it and use it as opposed to if every day I just use taxi or if I do car sharing and taxis and and grab or what, yeah. or if I also combine that with uh, bus and MRT or and some cycling or walking, yeah, you know it all becomes very obvious. Then you mm. work out your sums. Then we start making our choices. Right, right, right. So <clears throat> the important question to ask at this juncture, with all these upgrades and everything, one of the things that we have seen a lot on the Reddit comments is, are prices are fair? going to then continue increasing in order to support all these upgrades and all the maintenance. Well, overall, <laughs> what what costs the cop? You know, so you're going to say, you know, must go up, right? Yeah. Huh? Sure. The cost must go up, right? Yes. Right. But, and wow, the, I'm such a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> say, well done, you know. So wow, you're, 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 <laughs> the no, no, no the costs go up because you look at it. You want to run a public transport system. What are the main elements? What, what, what do you need? You need manpower. Hmm. 
you need energy you need the the equipment and maintenance and mm. right all of them are rising in cost mm. mm-hmm. so that's one thing to remember the cost is going up secondly then you say you ask yourself the question right operationally i'm also building more mrt systems and you know expanding the network and so on so it's inevitable that over time the cost even if everything else is the same i, I don't even you know in, increase the amount of trains or whatever and things like that and just keep it as it is the mm. cost go up just because of the manpower cost the electricity cost uh, and other energy costs and the maintenance and so on so that's why we are always trying to see how we can manage this you know last year for example right the formula we have a formula for fares huh? the fare is formula, there a public formula it is it's oh, out in the okay. public domain you should have a look at it but last year the you know it was more than 13% is what the formula said we should increase the cost of the public transport fares right. by but we know if you increase by 13% is very heavy i mean yeah very average Among so other so things. in the end we increase the public transport fares by 2.9% mm. oh okay the rest of it so but somebody must pay for it right because mm. the cost is still being incurred because this 13.9% or 13 plus percent comes from the cost of the electricity and manpower and everything yeah. wages and all that so the government basically then says all right we will absorb that so we are already subsidizing by the way uh, every year 2 billion dollars for public transport about right. 1 billion for bus 1 billion for train right but last year we now have another 200 million rolled over because about this about 10% or so we rolled over so right. so every time we don't uh, you know increase the public transport fare right uh, by the amount that the formula tells us because of the cost mm. it is a increase that we will have to then find other ways to pay for yep. and usually it means you ends up being the taxpayer of course we expect the companies to be more efficient now yeah you know you must show us savings productivity we have all of that but this is the challenge it's always a challenge and it's not just unique to singapore everywhere in the world it's the same thing right because everybody wants public transport good you know we want cheap and good lah yeah right and and and, and well cheaper better faster yeah, yeah. so that kind of thing right and sort of thing so it's a Singapore's challenge motto. Yeah. no but it's a real challenge it's a real challenge uh and but we are doing our best to try and keep it so we have a public transport council whose job it is to look at this right, and they right. will then come out and they try and balance the affordability against the sustainable you know economic right, right, sustainability right. all that and then they tell us this is what we recommend when you when you first joined was there any particular individual that was kind of like like a mentor to you yeah so sometimes you have mentors sometimes you have tormentors you know <laughs> same person <laughs> same person <laughs> i think it's been a real pleasure and and privilege for me like because i there have been a few people who have been very uh, important in terms of shaping my thinking about issues and i've had i've enjoyed working with them i don't want to get into a whole list uh, but i'll just <laughs> give one example so one of them is our current pm mm-hmm. when i was the director of trade in mti he was a dpm overseeing economic matters and so on mm. so i had the opportunity to work with him and so on so you know i think you know these sorts of things shape you like we all have people in our lives who you know make an impression and yeah. leave a lasting impression so for me that was one of them. Being involved in so many ministries, right? Do you find time to like have hobbies outside of work? Of course, particularly cycling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the things. No, no, I, I, I think it's very important to try and find time for family first. You know, my my first child, my daughter, was born in my first year in politics. So you know that tells you. So I, I really wanted old. to. Huh? I was seven years old. 
at that time. Your first year of politics. Oh, mm. well, thank you for so sharing that. So I was zero that. years old. <laughs> <laughs> you were not born yet. <laughs> yeah, really. Thanks, guys. Really, thanks, <laughs> no, I'm trying to show how much experience it. you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a nice way of putting mm. it. Thank you. But no, but basically, so you know, for me from the very beginning, it was very important to make sure that uh, I had time with my family, my children, because you know you don't want to miss out on that. It's very lucky to have a very supportive wife. How how did you meet your, your my partner? wife? Yeah. Wow. Now we are getting into yeah. <laughs> no, we we were we were in university. I was overseas. I was uh, in a university college, and my wife was there as well. So that's how we met. So we've known each other for forty uh, years. No, but who like who first? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a matter of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so the stories will contradict yeah, like, oh, which, which is which is fine yeah. since you mentioned that you've been in a relationship for 40 years do you have any advice yeah. hmm. <laughs> <laughs> happy wife happy life yeah. <laughs> ah, well you know so somebody once told me you know a man who who knows he's wrong and admits it he's honest uh, the man who <laughs> the man uh, the man who says he is wrong even when he knows he is right he's husband <laughs> well, okay. Actually, I mean, but, but jokes aside, no. Actually, the the key thing I would say is, I, you know, you must have give and take, That's the bottom line. And you don't treat it as something, you know. It's a, because you're always going to have uh, situations where you have disagreements or whatever. So it's a question of how you manage your disagreements, and in a in a. You know, you can disagree, but don't do it in a disagreeable way. You know, and keep. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this one is wisdom. This yeah. one and is keep wisdom. and keep. You know, and keep the relationship going, right, and so on. So I think that's the main thing. But that's true, not just of partners. Ah, uh, it's true of friendships. It's true of everything, mm. really, mm. because we always have situations where you disagree. But it's how you deal with it. That's a key thing. I wa- I wonder what will be the results. Maybe someone has already done this experiment. If we track like how often are women actually right? So over a span of like one year, always. Like a, like a Twitter. Then we track- always. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's- <laughs> Like, why are you laughing? It's the always. <laughs> oh, but I mean, you know, I think it's actually it's not so much who's right or wrong. It's just different perspectives, ah. mm-hmm. So you know, you approach a thing, you you come at it from your perspective. I come at it from my perspective. It leads us to a different conclusion. Is it really about right and wrong, or is it yeah. more about just different opinions? You see, and if it's opinions, then it's a question of how you sort it out, lah. You know that kind of thing. So. That's why I think you've got to be mature about it and, and it takes a bit of time. Are you guys also in relationships or anything like that? What's happening? <laughs> Single <laughs> and ready to ask me. I'm not throwback this before. Of course, I must throw back at you. What? You think what? One way street. <laughs> <laughs> very, very single. Hi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very ready to mingle. So. Oh, single and mingle. You say you have a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> what, this one? My so, daughter what? is six. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a problem for you. Wait, what? <laughs> I can wait. <laughs> so it's like that. You know the old story. You know you must have the the thing. You must put all the big rocks in first. You know. Yeah. yeah. So if you put it, fill it up with all the small sand particles, you have no space for the big rocks. So the big rocks are you know things like yeah. this: family, friends, your health, and all that. So those things were important to me. But then I, you know, you also have to find some time for yourself, lah. So I enjoy cycling. It's cycling is something that you know. It's just when I travel, I take my bicycle with me, 
Oh, oh yeah, that kind. Because I, I, oh, I, I what do you mean kind. that kind? <laughs> yeah, there's, one, there's a, it's a, you know, it's a. The work salary man also kind. does this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's a foldy, you see. So you can just put it in a thing and yeah. then put it, and then you take it right. So it's very useful because when you go to a, so I've cycled in, you know, like various cities around when I've gone for work, because it's a very good way to see the place. Yeah. Because yeah. when you walk. You can cover ground, but not as much. Yeah. When you're in a taxi or a car or a bus, you see it differently. Yeah. So cycling allows you to go faster. You can stop and observe, and then you can carry on, kind of thing. Right. So I really enjoy that, and so I do that. And of course, uh, in Singapore as well. I also enjoy music, so I like to listen mm. to music and so on. Uh, very wide range of Favorite stuff. Favorite artists? Ah, uh, fa- well, got a f- quite a few lah, but. Like if I tell you like uh, Justin Bieber <laughs> For heaven's sake I mean, <laughs> oh, 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 why, why, why? What I meant by that was <laughs> I just was saying For heaven's sake you know? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no But for example um, Next week I'm going to see One Republic Oh, okay. yeah, oh. Yeah, And uh, it clashes with Arctic Monkeys Otherwise I would have gone to see Arctic oh. Monkeys uh. You don't know Arctic Why Monkeys? Is Arctic Monkeys uh, over what Republic? Oh, yeah, okay. It's on this. It's a, no, hey, don't like that. No, la, don't uh, like that. La. But I know, comments. but my, my choice in music, of course, I mean, the artist must reflect my age a bit, right? Yeah, How yeah. can? You think what? Who do you all listen to? Elton John. Yeah. You listen? I like Elton John. <laughs> why do you like Elton my John? My very first concert I've ever been to was Elton John. Oh, no shit. Yeah, with my dad. Really? Yeah. I only know one song. The one he wrote for Rock Princess Diana. Uh, I know two songs. <laughs> Which is a, he didn't write it for Princess Diana, oh, but yeah. he sang he it. He sang it earlier. What song is that? I think, I don't know. I think, I think it's called <laughs> Candle in the Wind. Or, uh, yeah. or like, that's a line. Maybe so not the you, title. You mugged up that line and then now you just... <laughs> 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 no la, no la, no. I'm 33 really. No, no, no. No, but it's good. But, uh, you know, there's some... But we are very lucky in Singapore now. We're getting... I mean, after COVID opening and all that, Mm. a lot of bands like last week, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Mm. they were in town and stadium and so on. And they were playing the same night as Westlife or something, right? Yeah. Westlife was there over the weekend. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Backstreet Boys still around. Hey, they cannot idea already. <laughs> wow, you all, they came to Singapore recently, right? Yeah. Wow, cannot, yeah. cannot They barely right. executing the dance moves. Are you serious? Then they need to catch their breath in between. <laughs> like, yeah. Quite sad. <laughs> there was an MRT myth about certain line stations are a bit further apart because there was a plan for Disneyland to Yo come Chukang in. and Katip. Mm. Wow. Then after that, people say that it's a myth. Mm. Do you Are you able to confirm or deny? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so myths can become realities. How about that? Wait, what? Uh, well, my wife will now quit you her can job. Be very zen <laughs> my wife will quit her job. Yeah. She work at the souvenir store. <laughs> no, I think there are all kinds of possibilities. Uh, our this sort of projects, you know, uh, bringing in sort of attractions and so on, is something that uh, Singapore Tourism Board, Ministry of Train Industry, they work on. You know, so when we did the integrated resorts in Sentosa, you know, Universal Studios as part of Resorts World, all mm. that was part of the strategy at the time. Yeah. So I think, you know, you never say never is my attitude. Right, 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 right. Whether it will be the same, different, how, I mean, all these things can evolve over time. But key thing is keep bringing, making sure Singapore remains vibrant and interesting mm. for mm. Singaporeans and of course then yeah. people from outside. So once again, thank you very much to our sponsors for today, the Ministry of Transport. Thank you very much, Minister S. Iswaran for joining us and Yay, sharing a you. lot of stories with us today. Thanks. We hope that today's conversation has given you more insight into our transport system. For more information, check out the link down below. It's here and it's also in our description box. <laughs> See you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <It's laughs> <pointing. laughs> of course, I was pointing. Yeah, I was pointing. Yeah, 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 right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down there. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs>
not come from 2.9%. Mm. The then, 0.1% is what for optics. Uh. 0.1%. It's like those 199 shop that guy. <laughs> <laughs> 1990. No, no, no. <laughs> so so 2.9 is a good number, right? No. <laughs> sure. I mean, no, no, I said, why not Shri Lah? Since we're already. Yeah, yeah okay. You, do you want to come out and no, say no, that? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm such a sellout. I, I, I should stop talking. 